0: Hi everyone, welcome to this episode of All Things Iceland. It's Jules, and I'm excited to share about some of the amazing places that you can visit in North Iceland. All the places I'm sharing in this episode are free of charge and will provide hours, if not days, of fun activities. If you're not familiar with North Iceland, there is a route up there called the Diamond Circle. If you think that sounds familiar, then you might be thinking of the Golden Circle, which is fair, and that's in the South. So the Golden Circle came first, and I have a theory actually as to why the North has called their route up in, you know, that area, the Diamond Circle, but I'll share that in the random fact of the episode portion. So personally, I love going North just because the drive is really lovely, But also the gorgeous nature and one of my favorite places in the country is there. So, of course, that makes it even more appealing for me. Don't worry, though, I will be sharing that place in this episode. And if you are planning to visit North Iceland, I recommend staying overnight at least one evening. I was on the road trip from Reykjavik, and so I ended up staying over two nights. But that's because I arrived late in the evening the first day. So you can stay, of course, as long or as short as you like, but just know that there's so much to see. And this is literally just the tip of the iceberg of what I'm sharing this episode. And of course, in future episodes, we'll share a lot more. I also have a map image of the stops in the show notes of this episode at allthingsiceland.com. So you can kind of see how it looks regarding driving and you know, hours in terms of what you can expect if you were to do these same stops. So feel free to check out AllThingsIsland.com for this episode if you want to see it. Before I get into the stunning places in North Iceland that are worth visiting, I would like to thank the sponsor of this episode. I partnered with Go Car Rental Iceland to make this road trip to the North possible. Go Car Rental Iceland is my preferred rental car company in the country. They're local. And they have transparent pricing, great rates, unlimited mileage on their rentals, friendly staff. And honestly, I feel like their rates are really competitive. And of, of course, with great rates, what I mean is competitive rates, because it could be a bit expensive to rent a car in Iceland. But I feel like, you know, in terms of other car rental companies, at least from what I've seen, they have some really competitive ones. So they're my go-to company when I need a car for my adventures, which are many. And if you've been following me over on Instagram or TikTok, you might have seen that I've been traveling quite a lot. And that is only going to continue. And recently, I've been sharing this one story from one of my listeners of the podcast that reached out to me after I shared my ultimate guide to renting a car in Iceland. And basically, she had mentioned that she switched from a rental car company in Iceland. So she was using like one of the bigger names that's known, it's like a brand name known around the world. And when she heard me mention about Go Car Rental Iceland, she thought, why not just check it out and see. And actually when she booked or decided to compare pricing, she saved $400 by switching to this local car rental company. And Regarding service and all that stuff, none of that was compromised, as well as she was able to get extra things that she wasn't able to get with the other company because it would have been so much more expensive, like getting another driver added on, and the additional sand and ash insurance, which is something that does come recommended as an add-on, so... Yeah, I thought that was pretty amazing. And I wasn't expecting it to be that much when she sent me that message. I mean, I wasn't expecting to get the message at all. But the fact that she saved $400 on her full rental, including, of course, with my code isen 10 where you can save 10% on your entire rental cost. But yeah, that was pretty epic. And so I was really happy to hear that and just always happy to spread the word about companies that I recommend. And I'm really excited to be partnering with them. All right, on to these must-see places in North Iceland. We have to start, if I talk about North Iceland, with Akureyri. And Akureyri is known as the capital of the north. This stop is about four and a half hours of driving if you're coming from Reykjavik. It's the second largest urban area in the country, and it has a population of 19,642 people. That's according to Statistics Iceland's data from January 1st, 2022. If you want, I mean, I'm putting some links to this data. You can check it out for yourself. But to put that into perspective, the population of people in the greater Reykjavik area is 135,688, according to the same source. So even though Akurey is the second largest urban area, clearly it's still quite smaller than the greater Reykjavik area. So I feel like Akureri is so lovely to walk around and explore because it's relatively small, so it doesn't take much time to really kind of walk around it. Some fun things that you can do right in the city is, besides just walking around town, you can visit Akurera Kirkia, which is the church at the top of the hill. There are a decent number of steps if you want to reach the top, if you're, of course, walking from the main street downtown. But for those who are in a wheelchair or that have a hard time with steps, there is a wheelchair accessible parking lot and entrance. So that's also quite nice. You can also visit the Botanical Garden, take a dip in their epic swimming pool. So Acredi is known for their amazing slide. And so I recommend that even if you're not with children, you can of course use it. A lot of the adults use it and we're all a bunch of big kids anyway. So I recommend it if you're you know, even solo or with children or, you know, with a bunch of friends. Walking along the shore, so admiring the view of the fjord is awesome, especially on a clear day when the sun is shining on the water. It's so beautiful. You can attend a cultural event at Hof Culture Center. They have like Theater and things of that nature, so that's just something to look out for as well. But I want to get into some of my favorite food stops in Akureyri. So if you're looking for some delicious food, and I'm not talking about like restaurants necessarily, these are kind of more like stops if you want a snack or just something you know to grab and go. And one of them is Pillsuvaknin Akureyri, and the other is Brenuis. So these are just my top two places that I now like to go to in Akureyri. I'm not sponsored by them in any way, so this is purely just coming from my heart. <laughs> Pilsvagnan Akureyri is a well-known hot dog stand in the center of town, and they sell delicious traditional and vegan Icelandic hot dogs. I recently had their vegan Icelandic hot dog, and, you know, I was stunned, actually, at the fact that they have eight vegan hot dog options. Eight! No offense to Reykjavik. I mean, I live there in the south, but I have never seen a hot dog stand in Reykjavik that has one vegan hot dog option. There used to be one, to be fair, but I'd never gone there. So it was amazing to see that there was one with eight in the north. One day I I really want to do like a vegan Icelandic hot dog taste test showdown, but that will have to wait. I mean, that's a lot of hot dogs to try. But I think it would be pretty fun. And so just know that if you're plant-based or not, you can still get a really good hot dog up there. And they also have a pescatarian hot dog for those who would like that option. Brinyu or Brinja Ice Cream, is an ice cream shop in the town. They have vegan and dairy-based ice cream. So whenever I head north, like this is a place that I always make it a point to stop at because I like how creamy their vegan ice cream is. My go-to order is called a Bragda Raver. And it, in essence, brag means taste and rever means fox. So it's a tasty fox. (laughs) I guess it's because similar to Cold Stone Creamery, you're taking ice cream and you're mixing in different ingredients like candies and things like that nature. So I think the tasty fox is because it's kind of sneaky, the taste of it, of the different elements that kind of like sneak up on you while you're eating it. But I mean... It's kind of funny that they sneak up on you, you know, in quotations, because you asked to put them in there. <laughs> but anyway, the one I usually get, the Braga de so this comes in a cup, and it's a coconut-based ice cream with peanut butter, blueberries, and Oreos. So good. It hits the spot every time. But just know that if you get a small, a small, people, it is almost the equivalent of a pint of ice cream. And I know that sounds ridiculous, but this is just how it is <laughs> in Iceland. So when it comes to ice cream, Icelanders really like big portions, so just know that. There are, of course, other things to check out in and around downtown. One thing I have to point out, though, are the traffic lights. That is a funny thing to really make a point of, but you'll see why. If you look closely at the red light when you're driving or riding in a vehicle, you will see that there's a heart shape in the red traffic light. It's adorable, and this isn't everywhere in the town. And the reason for it is that the hearts were placed there during the financial crisis for those years back in the 2008 and you know, following years after that. And it was to lift people's spirits, encourage positive thinking, and remind them, us really, of what really matters. So after the impact of the crisis started to ease, they decided to keep the lights because, first of all, it's adorable. But also, I mean, I think it just puts a smile on your face when you see them. So I recommend when you're driving through town just to pay attention to those red traffic lights. When you drive out of town, so when you're driving out of Akurere to go to the next place, you can either take the short route, which is through the Vavla Heidarkunk Tunnel, and that costs fifteen hundred ISK each way, or three thousand ISK each way, somewhat like twenty five dollars. And there's an app that you can use for that, so I will have a link to that as well. Or you can take the longer scenic route, and that in essence is when you're driving, you'll see that there's a roundabout. You can either go towards the tunnel or take the second exit, and that takes you into another road where you don't have to pay a fee. But it it's really beautiful route to be honest, but um but it definitely takes a lot longer. Regardless of what you choose, a stop at Góðafoss waterfall is totally worth it. Góðafoss can be translated as waterfall of the gods, but I've also heard that it could be waterfall of the Góði. And Góði were priests or chieftains like way back in the day when Iceland settled and, you know, during those times in which there was meetings at Þingbætler, which is part of the golden circle and like these outdoor meetings and the law rock and all these these other aspects like i've talked about this when i did episode about thing so if i can find that link i will definitely put it in the show notes but the reason the waterfall has this name or at least according to what i've read is that after Icelanders decided to convert to christianity in the year 1000 a.d the chieftain that was trusted to make that choice as to whether Icelanders would stay pagans or convert to Christianity. I mean, he obviously chose the latter. But after this decision, he returned home to the north and threw the idols or the statues of the pagan gods into this waterfall. And after that, it was called Gola Falls. And you'll see that there's like two waterfalls. I mean, there's basically one big waterfall, but it splits into two. And you can walk on two sides of it to get different views so on one side in particular to the left of the you know farthest left that you can walk that gets you much closer to it you can even go down some little path and you can get to a place where you're pretty decently close but pay attention to the wind or just wear some gear where it's like water resistant or waterproof because the wind can definitely push the spray of the waterfall onto you and you can get decently wet but it's a beautiful waterfall to check out, and I always enjoy going there and stopping and just being in all of this nature. The next stop on our road trip in the north is Husavik, and this quaint town is often referred to as the capital of whale watching in Iceland. And I didn't go whale watching on this trip, but I have definitely done it there in the past, and it was so much fun. We saw a decent amount, actually, of majestic whales, some minke whales and some other varieties. And then also a hilarious, playful group of dolphins that were just putting on a show, <laughs> jumping out of the water, playing with each other. It was, it was a lot of fun. If you saw the Eurovision Song Contest, the story of Fire Saga movie, which stars Will Ferrell and Rachel McAdams, you might recognize that Husvik is where Lars and Sigrid their characters are from Iceland, so FYI, Lars and Sigrid are not Icelandic names, which I guess is all part of the movie in terms of just being, you know, sometimes inaccurate, but just silly. I mean, it's a welfare movie, so take it with a big big pinch of salt. There is now a ya-ya-ding-dong restaurant there, and the little fake elf houses that were in the movie, they're also nearby. If none of what I'm talking about makes sense to you, that probably means you haven't seen the movie. So you can check it out on Netflix if you want. If that's not of interest, then you can just completely ignore this information. Husabik also has a unique looking church that I think is beautiful. It's right in the center of town. One of my favorite things to do there, though, is to, on a clear day, take a dip in the GOC Bath. They have an infinity pool set up and gorgeous views of the sea and mountains. It's also next to a really picturesque yellow lighthouse so there's just like really sweet things and the view from in the town the mountains and the sea and of course the harbor all that really makes it super nice so I recommend Husavik. just you know to browse around just to walk around drive around it's very quick if you're going to drive and uh, if you can or are interested go whale watching because up there it really does seem that the the whales like to hang out. Now we're on to talking about Ausperke, which I mentioned earlier in the show, that I have a favorite place in the north, and this is it. I could literally talk about this place all day because I love it so much. It's a horseshoe shaped glacial canyon in North Iceland, and it's absolutely stolen my heart. So, first of all, it's full of trees, which is really rare for Iceland. And it has a still, so very calm, drop-dead gorgeous pond called Batcher, or Bottom Pond. And you can easily walk up like some stairs to get a nice view of the canyon. However, if you want to view from high above the canyon walls, you can go on a moderately challenging hike. And I have a link to it in the show notes if you want to check it out. That's about three and a half hours round trip. However, it might be difficult for those who are afraid of heights because in the beginning of it, to get to that portion of the top, you have to do kind of like some vertical climbing. And there's, you know, things to assist you, like a rope and and stuff like that. But still, I mean, you're going to the top of these walls. And you see when you drive into Ausbedegade that those walls are pretty high. So it's just something to keep in mind. I just really like walking around there, just even on the ground level and with all the trees and little paths. Like it kind of feels like there are elves living there, or, you know, just like some kind of magical beings. Also, due to these high rock walls that are in this horseshoe-shaped canyon, there, it seems to shelter the place from a lot of wind. At least that seems to have been the case whenever I'm there. According to Icelandic folklore, the story of how this area got its shape is because Sleipnir, Odin's enormous eight-legged horse, put one of his hooves down on the earth and this canyon was made basically from the impression of one of his hooves and if you could only really imagine this eight-legged horse and if you, when you see Ausperke, like and how big it is like thinking of just one hoof being this size is insane so that's just kind of a fun thing to think about while you are there. Following Ausperke is Tehtivos, Iceland's most powerful waterfall and the second most powerful waterfall in Europe. It has an average flow rate of 6,816 cubic square feet per second. It has a drop of 44 meters. So basically the reason why it's considered powerful is because of the amount of cubic square feet per second and then combined with its drop rate. The color of the water you'll probably notice might look kind of dirty, but it's a grayish white and that's because it's full of sediment. And you can view that defoss, which by the way, that defos means like falling waterfall. <laughs> it's very, very descriptive. That happens quite often in Icelandic if you've been listening to some of my shows, that things can be very simplistically descriptive when you translate them in Icelandic because it's kind of the logical way that people saw things and we're like, yeah, that makes sense. We're gonna call it that. That's that's what it is. So I normally go to the east side. So there's two sides, east and west, in which you can view the that And that's the east side is Route 864. It is a gravel road, so just be aware of that. It's, bu- it's bumpier than the other side. But I feel like you can see it better or just maybe that's just the view I like. Also, it seems that the mist from the waterfall is n- usually being pushed to the west, the west side, so that, you know, you have to be more careful about like how much you would get wet over there. And so I am okay with driving on a bumpier road to get to the east side. But from what my understanding, that might not be so feasible or even open during the winter time. So it might be the west side for people coming in time frames that are different than summer. After Datifoss is Kverer Geothermal Area, and I really enjoy going there. It's part of what would be considered the Miva area, but I like to kind of pull it out on its own. And, you know, you'll be hearing about Miva coming up anyways. So this Geothermal Area Kverer is under the Fiat Mountain and it has vibrant orange, red, and yellow colors because of all the geothermal activity. There are bubbling hot pools and steaming vents everywhere. It's really fun to walk around. Of course, be prepared though for the fact that you will be smacked in the face with sulfur smell because it's geothermal area. It's It's particularly intense in places like this. None of the hot pools are ones that you can swim in. Please do not attempt to touch any of them. They are boiling hot and that would be horribly uncomfortable slash potentially causing severe damage to your skin it burns uh so just hold on to any children also in this area too even though they do have ropes in areas where of course they don't want you to go also the landscape can be quite slippery because it's muddy you know there's water hot water everywhere and then this type of like clay dirt aspect of it that looks beautiful but Walking around and it could be a little bit hard if you don't have shoes with decent tread and even if you do, like eventually it gets caked up a bit. So I normally wear boots when I go there just because it's more it's much easier to clean the boots than my regular sneakers. Also, honestly, it just feels like an alien landscape, which is what really makes it appealing to me. While I didn't stop at this other place, which is not free, by the way, I'm just kind of mentioning it though when it's in the area, but it's not far from credit is the Meva Nature Bath. So I'm not particularly pushing for people to go there, but it has icy blue water like the Blue Lagoon and can be nice for a soak if you're just up for that and really want to have, you know, a place in the north that kind of gives you the Blue Lagoon feel. Some people even say they like it more than the Blue Lagoon. Just to be honest, I don't really feel that way. I have nothing against this place at all. I've been there a few times and I haven't always enjoyed it. But I would just say that other nature baths in the country are higher on my list of places that I that I like to go to more often. I always say that it's best to try it out for yourself if you're interested in it, because you might find that it's right up your alley. Last but definitely not least is Miva Lake, or translated into Midge Lake. The lake is named after tiny, annoying flies that swarm around you during the summer. Not exciting. I highly recommend bringing a fly net when you come here because these little flies can make it unbearable. Like they're like in swarms sometimes. I mean, granted, this is like in the height of summer, but it's annoying and they're just trying to get into every orifice possible and they just don't seem to let up. If there's a lot of wind though, you don't have to worry about them. That seems to push them away, but there are times you're there and they're only around during summertime too. So, but you can have like one of those hats with the nets over them. And if I can find the one that I had, I will have a link on like Amazon or something in the show notes so that you can also get one because whew, it's just annoying. I, I can't even explain anything any way better than that. And I don't think you want to experience it. Rather, you just would prefer, at least most people prefer, just be prepared and not have to deal with these extremely annoying flies. So me va is a shallow lake that was created by a large basaltic lava eruption that happened 2,300 years ago. It is so nice to walk around the different paths and see volcanic landforms, lava pillars, and pseudo craters. Some nice paths, or at least like ones that I like, which are in the meat area and not necessarily just the lake. So at the lake there's one called Skutustava Gegar, and that's where you can see some of these pseudo craters. I really like this uh, aspect. It's just really beautiful and contrast with the water. And in the northern shore of the lake is really nice to walk around as well. And if you drive a little bit farther, you can go to the Borgir lava field. And if you want to do a little hike, that's not too difficult. The Kwerfjat volcanic crater is a nice one too. So those are just a few. Definitely not an exhaustive list of different, you know, hiking paths and areas to check out in the Mivat area but definitely will, you know, get you, but will definitely provide some fun experiences. Just know, like I mentioned earlier, that even though this Mivak is the last on my list of this particular road trip, that I will definitely be sharing a lot more because I've gone to places like the Arctic Hinge and in so many places. Like, it's uh, so good. And every region, honestly, of Iceland really does provide amazing experiences. So I'm just... Happy that I've been able to kind of share about some of them because they're totally worth it. Before moving on to Icelandic word of the episode, I'd like to thank Go Car Rental Iceland for sponsoring this episode. As a reminder, you can get 10% off your full car rental costs when you use my code iceland 10 at your time of booking. And if you happen to have checked out my ultimate guide to renting a car in Iceland, you'll know too that we're coming up on a time where cars in Iceland are, as, are not as expensive. So summertime is when it's peak season. So if you're planning to come in like the fall, parts of winter or the spring, you will definitely get pretty good rates. And even better, you can save an extra 10% off with my code. The Icelandic word of the episode is Nordurland, And I'll just say it slower, Nordurland, which basically means North Iceland, And it's just, I think it's a cute way of, and I just like saying it. So why not teach you, this is what that region is called, Icelandic. And then my random fact of the episode, which I alluded to earlier, has to do actually with what I call a not serious rivalry between the North and the South. And this is just purely from observation. So don't take it as this like big thing that's happening, but there is something There's something going on, in my opinion, when I (laughs) hear people talk about North versus South. And I think it actually has to do with, like, bragging rights about the weather or trying to make the North seem more appealing or something like that. So, like I said, I've never actually heard anyone say this, meaning I've never heard anyone say there's, like, some, you know, kind of not serious rivalry happening between North and South. I think it is funny that in North, for instance, they'll say things like, the weather's better up here, (laughs) like, or, you know, the weather's always better or winter is always better in North Iceland, things like this, you know, and people in Reykjavik around like, okay, sure. (laughs) I don't know of anyone who really ever argues against it. I mean, maybe they have, but like not around me. But when I mentioned about the diamond circle is that there's the golden circle in the South. And so kind of in what it feels like is almost like calling the diamond circle is a one-up of what's in the South. So there's gold, but then you think of something, you know, even more precious, something, and it's like a diamond, right? So it's like really trying to make it sound appealing to people. It's like, oh, you've seen the golden circle? Well, come north and see the diamond circle. Ooh. (laughs) So again, this is my speculation as to why. So again, this is just my theory about it. This has not been explicitly said to me. Uh, I might even get an Isender on here to see what they think, because I just think it's pretty funny. And it could be. I mean, this could be what's behind it. But who knows? It's just something to kind of talk about. But the fact is, in in, this is that there is a Diamond Circle up there, and that's these stops are the ones I could mention before, are what makes up this route. And Northerners definitely say that the weather is better than in the South, so... We take that with a grain of salt. If you've not experienced North Iceland before or South Iceland for that matter, then this won't mean anything to you. But when you come to the country, take note of it if you feel like it and see if you, at least during your time, your anecdotal experience, if any of that holds true for you. I hope that you enjoyed this episode. I definitely enjoyed sharing this road trip with you. And like I mentioned, there will be details and links in the show notes at allthingsiceland.com. Takk at er fyrir at hlusta og sjøms fljortlega.